A lot of people told me that you're not going to make it. But I told them, I believe in God. And every day is another day. So God provides for every day. Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. Sunny here. Welcome to episode 32 of My Way. Well, goodness me, it's been a while, and I'm sure you thought I disappeared, and the reason for that is evolution. I am learning and growing as a podcaster, and I've been working on several stories. So I had to shift away from the interview style for a bit and take a lot more time to put together more of a story. For this episode, I'm going to begin as I usually do, with a conversation. However, After I had this conversation, I wanted to know more about how this person fits into the greater context of Grayton, as well as South Africa, and yes, even the world. So, this story starts local and ends global. What's serendipitous about the timing of this is that while in the process of interviewing others for this story, lots of stories started to roll out internationally about the realities of recycling. And we'll get into this a little bit more in the episodes that follow. Here's what's scary for me. As I record this intro, I'm not yet done with this particular story. I'm still in the process of zooming out. But as I see it, the best way to get something done is to begin. So, I hope you enjoy the first episode of this multi-episodic story called Recycling Realities. We begin with Booty Bantam. It's funny because I feel like it's um, it's very hard to find a quiet place in Grayton, <laughs> which is funny because you think that would be the problem in Cape Town, <laughs> but here it's not so easy either. Okay, my name is Joseph Bantum, but uh, everybody in Grayton knows me as Buti. So yes, uh, I'm from now. And I'm in the recycling business and uh, building materials. And uh, I'm almost 20 years busy with, with the recycling. In Grayton? In Grayton, yes. Yes. Uh, and we started, I was at first, before I was uh, at my own business, I was a taxi driver for almost 15 years. In Genadendal, yes. After school, I become a taxi driver for my cousin, and I was working by him. And while I was traveling with the taxi to Cape Town, I see the people with these wheelie bins and stuff doing this kind of recycling thing. And uh, I was thinking, why can't I just start it there by us? And I managed to start the recycling business on a small scale because at first I was doing only glass metal and scrap metal. The glass metal, it was very, very difficult for me because I had to find the market for it. Then I approached a guy called Herman there by Consul in Bialo, organized a, a meeting with him and I go and visit him. 
He told me to come on board by them to deliver for them. I had to supply like 20 tons per month. And that was a, a big target, because a big, uh, a big problem because we are a very small area. And then I decided I go to Batazdo, Potrava, Rafisola and all the, all the farms here nearby us to start it with the glass. And yes, I managed for, for three months, I managed to get 20 tons every month. This started in 1989 and uh, I meet their target which they was asking me. So and now I'm doing like 120 tons for a year, class for console. And then I decided, no, why not go into the pet also and the card box and the other materials. So I started with that also. So I do the pet card box, office print, HD and all the uh, recyclable materials. So I get uh, some support from a lady called Nikki Vernon from the transition town in Gretchen. And she managed to set me up with Petco and other other companies. On the moment, I supply jobs for like almost 26 people, which is 15 of them are permanent workers, and the others are just because who pick stuff up for me and I pay them for it. Yes. And, yeah, they bring it. We wait and. I'll pay them for what the weight is. And then I have support from Cat Petco. They sponsored me a trailer. It was last year. They sponsored me a trailer. And Biotherm, the lady, Nikki Vernon, introduced me to those people. I went to two courses by them. And uh, they asked me whether they can give me a mentor in the recycling business. And I had a mentor for a year. I keep a contract with that mentor for a year. And uh, through the mentor, I can get hold of a generator for power because I don't have power myself. And I have a baler, a small baler. So the pet we're doing now, like, firstly, we do 300 per month, 300 ki kilo. Yeah? But, so 300 kilos yes, a month, but I'm now at four tons. Four tons a month. Yes. And that is collected from and Caledon. And Caledon, yes. So, so then in Caledon, do you, do you pick up in Caledon? I have, I have households there, but not the whole town. Not the whole. Uh, I have households there, and we pick up on a Thursday. We do the households in some businesses in Caledon. But uh, I have people by the landfill site in Caledon who is picking up every day. They sell to me. Yes. Yes, they sell to me. Collect every day we go and collect. And I pay them Fridays I pay them for their weeks. And how many people would you say do that for a week? They are they are like twelve people there. Twelve in Calendon. Twelve Caledon, yes. Who is doing that? And what do they bring you these weeks? 
But mostly the bring for me is, is the pet, plastic and the glass bottles. Yes. So I think, I think one of the burning questions, um, especially people interested in recycling, is in South Africa, what is really recycled? I know, like, it, like in the U.S., the economically viable plastics to recycle are number one, number two, and then you get into aluminum, yeah, glass, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But there, I know that there are people who put every kind of plastic Together. into their recycling bin and yes. say that it's recycled. Yes. Yeah. Some of them is not recyclable. Yeah. Yes. Some of them are not recyclable. But mostly in South Africa, I think we have a huge problem with plastics. I mean, if you look on the TVs and you see what happened by the seas and stuff, that's a, that's a big problem by us. That's why I motivated my people more to do the plastics. I even, I even go to our schools, our local schools, and ask the principal, why can't we teach our children to bring the recyclables to the school. The weeks for recyclables, then we didn't have a problem like the landfill sites yeah. stuff. But uh, that's in process. But now in the holidays, the kids are bringing their plastic bottles to my yard there. And we buy that by them for 50 cents per two liter. And the four liters or five liters is 20 cents per bottle. Yes, and they're bringing it. Yes, because they and something out of it. Yeah. 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 When all of your workers collect the recycling in Grayson, not all, of that that you collect, how much do you do you have to discard because you can't you can't recycle because it isn't recyclable. Yeah. I think I think out of the volumes I've got in Grayson and Caledon. It's like 15, 20%, which is not 20%. Yes. Like yes. 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 No, that's hard the, the, ones. Like it, the yes, packing like the chips, chips baskets. That's easy. But what people can do is this lady Nikki Vernon. They are busy with this eco bricks. Yes, I do that at home. Yes, yeah. they put all those kind of plastics yeah. into a bottle. Yeah. Huh? Okay. So just to interrupt for a second. Bucci collects all kinds of plastics, but the most economical items for him to collect are number one and number two. Number one is known as PET, which you've heard him say already. PET is short for polyethylene terephthalate, and 30% of all the PET produced in the world is used to make plastic drink or food bottles. 60% of all PET produced in the world is used for textiles or clothing. You may know it as polyester. Number two is known as HDPE, which stands for high-density polyethylene. The most commonly recycled is milk containers. And we'll get into what exactly is collected in Grayton in the next episode. Back to Booty. 
I was born on a farm called Quartelfontein here in the Caledon area. Yes. And I was born in 1968. One of my first memories. Sure, there was so, such a lot. And, um, <laughs> sure, that's way back. <laughs> when I think come by the age of two, I was, I was, see, my father was a farmer. And I think one of those memories was to be become a farmer also. That's why I'm in the vegetable business also. Yeah, so I think that is one of them. Okay, my farmer was a very hard-working guy. And he was he was born in Greaton, he and my mother. They already passed on. So he was doing vegetables for his whole life was doing vegetables and what did he grow? He mostly grow onions that time. Onions that time. And he would sell onions? Yes, and, and, and sweet potatoes. And uh, but he was mostly doing it for for the white farmers, commercial farmers. But he was uh, he was the main in charge because he knows everything. And I can remember we was living in Botrava on a farm or Dr. Truter, he was from Caledon. He comes here and he in Greaton. We were staying here opposite the, the bibliotheque in Greaton. That was our house there. We were staying there those days. And what he, about what year was this? Sure, that was like in the 70s. In the 70s, we was because I can I can remember I was 10 years old when I went to this uh, library in Greaton. It was a Moravian school, so I was there attending that school those years. And I was 10 years old. I can still remember I was a chocolatey, and in intervals that I go home up across the road and I. Go and drink some milk by my mother's breast on 10 years old. <laughs> yes, I, yes, <laughs> yes, and uh, I can remember that, yes. And so this Dr. Truta come and he come and ask my father to come and farm for him on his farm in the Botreva area because he heard about his skills there as with vegetables. And so we moved there, to Bodrava, where I attend school by Bodrava Premier. Firstly by Goedwetro and then by Bodrava Premier. So by Goedwetro, nearby our farm, we had to walk about 13 kilometers every day to school. That time, walk to school. And then my father was a farmer there, and then did this Dr. Truter sold the farm to Professor Willy Estresen from Salambos. So we stayed by him. He was a very generous guy with our family. It's like I was part of the of their family because they, they that time they want me to come and study in Salambos. So we do, my father still continued with the farming there. And when he reached the age of 60, 
we decided to move back to Hanada now. So then he was also doing vegetables here. And uh, I was helping him, that's why I get my skills for vegetables and my love for the soil by him. So after he passed on, I still go continue with the with the lands, to plant vegetables. And we sell some of our stuff here in Greater. Right. What do you grow? Mostly we was growing butternut, potatoes, cauliflower, broccoli, and carrots. It was the main focus we was. Doing. And you're still you still doing that? I wasn't I wasn't doing it last year because of the drought. So I decided to plant oats. Oats and to do crop rotation on the land while while I had the chance. So I do very well with the oats because we on the 30 hectare we almost harvest like 4,000 bales. Very good. And then who do you sell that to? We sell it to all the local guys who have animals here. Sell it to them. Yes. What I like so much about farming is, is for me to see a small plant or a seed you put into the soil and the moment it eats out of the soil, yeah, that is for me very, 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 very kind. And what I mostly like is, 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 is when the butternut is in the flowering stadium and you see you come there like a day to, to like today morning and you see those yellow flowers is like talking to you and it's, that's very very cool so you obviously you were born in 68 yeah yes 68 yes so you were sort of born into apartheid yes yes and what was what was that like for you as a kid and then also, like in 1994, when suddenly things yeah. changed. You know what, what it was for me now, as a kid, as I was told, we were staying on the farm of Professor Vali Estherson. And for me, it was like there was no apartheid at that time, because they let me feel that I belong. And, and as I see now, okay, everything changed because we get more opportunities as small businesses and stuff, we can get help and stuff. So it's a little bit better. But on the moment, the, the things which is going on in South Africa is, is, is scary. You can see our, our power failures, but we can't blame the ANC for that as a party. It's the individuals inside the NC, which is the corrupt ones. And they make it difficult for our small businesses and for us that we, we struggle a lot. Yeah. yeah. Let's see, so you moved to Kanandal when you were 16. Yes. How do you feel like Kanandal has changed from the time that you were 16 to now? There was, there was a system in place. We didn't have things like the trucks we have now in Hanadno. On the moment we have a huge problem with trucks. And I think we are a, a, a community of 10,000 people. And 
there's more than one truckload. So the problem is we didn't have that time we have there was a constitution. But now Khanatnal is, is busy in the process of transformation. And I usually go to the meetings on Sundays. And we are now in the phase to get the structures in place. Like like uh, your seven structures. And then we are busy with the constitution is already set up so that we can bring Khanatnal back to it where it was. There's going to be a law in place, which is with the national law of, of South Africa. And you, if I, we know who the drug laws is. So we're going to go to them, tell them, okay, you are busy with the wrongdoings. So that is our constitution. So you're going to sign here, you're going to stop your activities. Or after two warnings, we're going to put you out of the town. That, 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 now it was that time in Canada. No. It was like that. And, and, and there was discipline. Because your child was my child. But now everything is like down to the drain. So we want to bring that back in Canada. No. As I told, the transformation process is almost 17 years now. And we now, at last, we are by the tunnel, which we can get it done. Yes. Um, so can you talk about one of the best days of your life? One of the best days? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of best days of my life. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Okay. I think one of my the best days is is is, is the day my grandson was born and it was a boy. I think that was the best, one of the best days of my life. My son is working with me in the recycling business. And What's his name? Jaden. Yes, it's his son, Lucid. And he and his girlfriend, they are doing the compacting of the card books and stuff. Okay. And then my daughter, she's a teacher by Bariamo High School. Yeah, and, and I paid fully for her graduation for four years out of this recycling business. Yes. Yes. And I bought my own house also out of this recycling business. In Ghana, no. In Ghana, no. Yes. And you know what? The thing is, 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 is I start my recycling business from scratch. No money. No money. You know, one day I told my wife, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this taxi driving. I'm gonna go fully into the recycling business. And a lot of people told me that you're not gonna make it. But I told them, you know, I believe in God. And every day is another day. So God provides for every day. And, and, and that's my motto, every day. When I woke up in the morning and say my prayers, then I asked, and, 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 and I can see the results, not on that moment, not on that moment, but I can see the results out of this. Yes. So do you remember 
what your first day of work was like in terms of this recycling work that you do. Do you remember that first day? Okay, I cannot remember the first day. The first day when I started with it, I was made alone. And my father got an old Ford Cortina bucky. So I take the bucky, he have no license that time, and I firstly come to Greater Lindholm site and I pick up the bottles. There was other people also searching for stuff. And I think by the third time I come here to collect, people are curious and they started asking me, can't we pick up for you the stuff? And that's what my recycling business started. Because I started first with the glass. Okay. Start with the glass. Yeah. Now, I noticed, this is a side note, but uh, I noticed the other day when I came by, it looked like the guys were crushing up the glass. Yes, they're crushing the glass, yes. So, how, how did, okay, so let's say I bring in a giant bottle of, or a giant bag of glass bottles. Then yes. what do those guys do? They put them all like in a sack and then step on them, or how does it? No, if you bring the glass bottles, I mostly ask people to bring it like in, in fully. Form. Yeah, not broken. Yeah. Because why it's, it's, it's very dangerous, yeah, yeah. you see. And then I get my guys and, and we crush it. But you don't crush it like power powder. You just break it. Into smaller pieces. Yes, you must just break it. And why do you do that? Console wanted like like that. Okay. Not too small. Yeah. Not too small because then the machines didn't pick it up. Yeah. So you just have to crush it. Yeah. So. And so it's uh, it's um, then, less bulky. Yes. Well. Yes. And it's not necessary to put every color by color. Mm. You just break it. Mix. Okay. Yeah. And then they, and then console recycles that into new glass? Yes, they recycle it into new glass. And uh, some of them that's going most for like for scent. Make my scent also out of, yeah. out of glass. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so now talk about one of the worst days of your life. Okay. One of the worst days of my life is when a truck broke or a bucky broke. That is one of my, oh, give me grace. <laughs> that's one of my worst days, yeah. That's <laughs> and, and so how often does that happen? As you know, I, I, I started with very old vehicles and still I have old vehicles and, and you know, they work a lot. So it happened on the moment two is standing broken. Who is standing and I only have the bucket now. Okay. So yeah I'm so waiting. I've got three vehicles, yes. So I'm waiting on the parts and I do my own mechanical. Oh okay. Yes, yes, I do my own mechanical now. That I also learned by the guy who was I was driving taxi for. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh right. Yes. So did you maintain your own taxi as well? Yes I maintain I learned by him. What makes me the most happy is, 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 is on a Friday when I can pay my, my workers the salary and my house is sorted and I'm happy. It makes me the most happy because why on a Monday I needed those guys again to come and work and you know they they bring me the business to where I am today so I must make them happy and it must make me also happy. Yes. That's the thing. In today's life, the money lies in the waste. That's what I, why I so 
tested at the keen on in the recycling business and to put food on other people's tables because it's not only the, the person who's working for you maybe there are five or six more in that house which that income of you is, is, is going for yeah. yeah so that's why i'm so passionate in, in, into recyclable is there anything about you that would surprise people maybe if I didn't have a smile on my face that day, people would be very surprised. Because I'm I'm all every day I'm the same guy. Yeah, that that's how I was raised before. So so sometimes people said my even my wife she said, Why did you greet every time you see people you greet, greet, greet? But I was uh, they my parents uh, learned me like that. So how's it gonna look today? I didn't give a person who I know I love or, or, or just was a sore face. And, and for myself, I'm not going to feel right. Yeah. Maybe there's trouble, some trouble, you know. But I'm not going to sell it for somebody else. I'm going to be me, who I, I always be. Thanks for listening to the first part of Recycling Realities. In the next episode, I'm going for a ride with Booty's crew as they collect recycling on a Wednesday afternoon in Grayton. When Gavin, who we'll meet next week, told me about one of the worst things that someone put in their recycling bag, this was my response. She put what? No, man. Nia. Stay tuned for the next episode to find out if your guess is correct. Please take a moment to rate the podcast on iTunes. This is a huge help for the podcast, and it only takes a moment to scroll down and click the number of stars you think it deserves. Five would be my suggestion. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow at Podcast Cowgirl on Facebook and Instagram for photos and updates. See you next time.